Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. First time in a long time. But back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes. You know me. I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything. BBE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next, postwrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast app you found us. And of course, twitch.tv slash Up Next Podcast. Hello, Twitch Room. How you doing? Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, Palentine's Day, Galentine's Day, Palestine's Day, whatever day you are celebrating. Just hope it was a day of love, self-love, whatever. But most love. of all, happy Vengeance Day. Happy Vengeance Day. This is the day you can get it all out. The vengeance. I am vengeance. Yeah, did you, did you find much vengeance today? Uh, no, not, no. no, not, I didn't get, I was kind of in a, I had a nice day. Uh, no beef with anyone at the moment? Um, uh, well, I watched a Book of Boba Fett, and I hated it, so uh, I guess I had beef with that. But that's for a different show this week uh, out on the Patreon. But that's about it. Not real beef. Not real beef. Did you have a good, do you have a good Vengeance Day? Uh, today? Uh, yeah, it was all right. It was yeah. all right. Uh, it, it was miserable. You know what? I've been here three weeks now. And uh, yesterday was the first day where I had rain since coming back. Uh, it's been beautiful since since moving to England, and I know we're we're pretty uh, pretty known for our grey skies and rainy weather. But uh, today was the first day. Really, it's been really miserable, just raining all day. Um, so just been staying inside, uh, rewatching a bunch of Boba Fett for tomorrow's show. Uh, watching No Way Out 2002, which we recorded earlier today, which will be coming out on Thursday this week. Um, but yeah, my my Vengeance Day was fine, uh, but Valentine's Day was was pretty fun. How was yours? 
It was pretty good. I mean, well, I it, I kind of had a nice little weekend actually. I worked a bunch last week, so then uh, at my shoot job, TV job, and then um, the weekend I kind of spent uh, hanging out with my my brothers since our trip in Mexico. So we watched the UFC, which was pretty good. Um, uh, shout out Izzy. Um, but then uh, we also watched like the Super Bowl, and uh, I love the halftime show. Thought it was sick. I'm a Dr. Dre fan, obviously Eminem and stuff, but uh, I thought that was pretty sweet. You see all the stuff with Snoop Dogg, how they caught him smoking right before he performed? I did see that. I mean, wow. is it a surprise? Wow. <laughs> also, water is wet. The sky is blue. Uh, so is his colors. I love seeing Snoop in Crip colors doing a Crip walk uh, live on on TV on the Super Bowl. I thought that was hilarious and great. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of walking in that halftime show. That, that was kind of one of my problems with it. it I, a lot of walking around. I, it was also like, uh, it was like wrestling or Avengers or something because then 50 Cent pops up and I, I marked out for or that. Pop down. Pop down. Like, yeah, right? really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was it was pretty cool. It was it was like a playlist of all these things because Dr. Dre like kind of has has his his uh, imprint on so many things and, and stuff. But it was cool to see. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, even no, the, I, even, I, even the the game itself was actually pretty good as well. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I stayed up to to watch it, and I um, like I do every year. I I play some bets, not really knowing what I I bet on, and I was I was. One yard away from my bet coming through, which was a bit disappointing. But the game was fun. Like, I think if you're not really uh, a big fan, you want to see a close game. I mean, I think anyway, you want to see a close game. But it, it just does make it so much more enjoyable. And the halftime show I thought was good. I enjoyed it. Like, it was, I knew all the songs. And, and as you said, it's kind of like Avengers. Like, I recognize, like, it's, it's kind of five pretty top people, like, yeah. combining. And I thought the, the set design was really cool. Um, I just, I saw a lot of like best halftime show ever. And I, it wasn't that for me by any means, but I thought it was cool. And I think it's the same thing when we've had, uh, WrestleManias in the day, it's part of it is, is the spectacle. And I think it was a shame with it being daylight. You don't have that kind of crazy light display and the fireworks and all that, uh, which really can add to those halftime shows for me. But no, I enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. Like considering I stayed up pretty late to watch the whole thing. It all held my attention. Like that arena looks insane. The so, what is it? SoFi something in, in SoFi stadium. And that's Romania is next year. Yes. That, that looks like it could be just insane. Just crazy. I mean, you had The Rock, uh, opening the forbidden door from the XFL, introing the thing, the guy from, <laughs> the guy from Fortnite, as they said. And it's, it, it was, I was found it interesting. I'm like, huh, could The Rock be introing the Super Bowl here at this arena and, uh, at, sorry, stadium and perhaps be main eventing it next year? Uh, Maybe I think uh, yeah. he could he could be back there uh, already, but but yeah, it was it was cool. I like watching the American feed uh, because you get all the the cool commercials. Like, uh, yeah, that was one of the things. Like, I've like I've got the channel where I can watch it over here, so I could have found a stream to, and like have annoying kind of streaming issues and all that to try and watch the commercials, or I could just watch it on BBC. So I just watched it on BBC and I watched a lot of the commercials after. But it just means every five minutes you've got these nerds just talking. Imagine having a show where you're just talking about stuff that you've just seen. So boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that that's where I find it frustrating because it's like I'm enjoying the game. And then it's like, let's go to these three guys I don't know talking about how they could have played better. And I'm like, ugh. 
And so, yeah, I'm sure like the American feed's definitely the way to go. But yes, yeah, saw some cool stuff. That Doctor Strange trailer looks absolutely bananas. Oh, yeah. That's true. That looks nuts because, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's already out and it's just a trailer. So, I mean, Professor X showing up, uh, is, is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I'm waiting for that X-Men revamp. I just don't know who the issue is casting Wolverine, like who we've talked about mm. on multiple shows before. The, the nerd comes out when it comes to X-Men. I love that shit, but they've definitely dropped the ball on those movies and I would like to see it be revamped and, uh, kind of given some justice in a new, in a new universe kind of thing. But, but yeah, that was pretty cool. I like the Austin Powers one, the Larry the Cable guy. It's like all retro movies coming back. All these companies spend millions of dollars on these ads. Some of them are just so terrible. Some of them are good. <laughs> but some of them are so bad. Yeah. Uh, but then my Valentine's Day, actually, uh, me and the lady friend went out to see, she, she knew I wanted to see this. So my gift to me was to go see Jackass forever so nice. uh, i had a great night i thought it was hilarious i was i didn't think it would live up i actually i don't know why i had this like nah i can't be as good and honestly it's like as good if not better than than some of the other ones because it's like it has a little bit of the nostalgia thing but it's like mm. it's like they're the, the the jackass crew are in a modern society they they're they're i don't know it was good i, I actually highly recommend it um okay cool. yeah it was it was a it was a laugh to be fair, like yeah. I, I couldn't, I can't remember laughing that hard uh, at a movie in quite a while. So those guys still have it. They still, you still got it. And I mean, hey, Johnny Knoxville, we could be seeing him in a wrestling ring again because there's rumors of him we, versus Sami Zayn. Him versus Sami for the IC title. It's looking like uh, yeah, at Mania. I think so. that's probably the only big news that's come out today, right? Oh yeah, nothing, nothing else to to talk about. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Wait. Before we get into all that, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Go for it. What were you gonna say? No, I just, I just wanted to say uh, my Valentine's Day. I went to see Back to the Future the musical. Oh, which great, Scott. I think you would absolutely love. Um, like I, I'm someone who's seen a lot of theater in my time, and I've never seen something quite as technically stunning as that. Like I. I saw a DeLorean fly around in a theater upside down. Like it was, it was crazy. And it's the special, like special effects, but yeah, the, the effects and things like in the first half of the show were, were nuts. But when it came to the, the big like finale with, with the clock tower and sending Marty back to, uh, 1985, I was just like, Oh, come on guys. You're just showing off now. It was, it was incredible. And the, the music was great. Like obviously you've got power of love and Johnny be good, but you've got, they made some songs kind of out of the sort of soundtrack from the film oh. and some new songs as well. Um, it had, uh, I saw Roger Bart, who you might not be familiar with, but he's done, he's been in a bunch of TV and movies. He was in Desperate Housewives and was in one of the hostel films and has done a load of theatre. He played Doc Brown and was was great. But uh, yeah, if it, if it ever finds its way to New York, I, I recommend trying to make a trip because... Um, yeah, I I loved it, and what? both my mum and brother like thought it's fantastic as well. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that because like I wish it did come. I mean, we went to Grand Slam, and I know you went to see a show, but I was like, man, Back to the Future here in a heartbeat, I would have went, but I don't know if it was a pandemic that stopped it from coming. I do hope it comes over even to Toronto, but New York would be would be awesome. But damn, I'm glad that it's awesome. I want to see a flying yeah, board. I, yeah, like I've seen I've seen 
plays and musicals where you've had like helicopters come down and stuff like this. But yeah, the DeLorean like lifted up, came into the audience flying. And then it was like, right, let's just spin around, like do full 360s and things. Well, while Marty and Doc are inside it, I'm like, what the, f- how are you doing that? Um, no, it was, was very cool. And I think, uh, I know, I know sometimes if you're a fan, like if you're such a fan of the original, it can be kind of, uh, I don't know, you're, you're a bit more trepidatious going towards seeing like a musical of it. Cause there's so many things which are like X, the musical, you know? Mm. Uh, but no, it, it, definitely worked and was one of the best things i've seen honestly so that's wild really great yeah great scott that sounds heavy no i i would i would check that out of all movies like that just sounds like it would be a a a riot uh yeah so yeah that's great uh but i mean what were we mentioning before are we were mentioning um Oh, just slow news day, right? Yeah, um, nothing else really happened. What else happened? Uh, oh, How, how's oh. Canada doing in the Olympics? <laughs> you know, I did watch uh, the snowboarding at the Olympics because I'm a fan of Sean White. And he held his own, but then he, he eventually uh, came forth, so he didn't podium. But the dude from Japan who won, and I'm blanking on his name, so I'm, um, I, he, that was the, some of the craziest things I've ever seen in snowboarding. And he was almost robbed. By the Aussies. So I'm happy that, uh, that dude won because that was amazing. So shout out Japan and that men's snowboarding, like trick run thing. It was crazy. Like a three, it was like a, almost like a double six, six thirty in the air or something like that. Just insane. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's past the Royal Rumble, which means it's, it's, uh, WrestleMania season. It's the road to WrestleMania. And I mentioned that there's rumors that the, the, the road, roads, the roads to, to WrestleMania, the roads to WrestleMania, because I mean, for there's, there's a, there was a story going around today on the interwebs of the internet wrestling community that there could be the biggest return to a WrestleMania in history. And I mean, is it a forbidden door? Is it, what could it be? Because I mean, this guy hasn't wrestled in so long. And I mean, it's going to be in Texas, you know, Mm. it's, it's crazy to see that Cody Rhodes is coming back to the Fed. <laughs> it's just, Stardust himself. Stardust will be will be in the Intercontinental Ladder Match or whatever. Oh wait, am I re- am I reading yeah. this right? Oh wait, Stone Cold is coming back too, but no one seemed to care. Yeah. Where should we start with this? Who should we start with here? <laughs> Jeez, what a day. Okay, so so the internet's like, hey, uh, rumor is Stone Cold's going to come in, work a match. Sounds like it's just going to be hitting a stunner on Owens or something, but. Going to be doing it. Mania's in Texas. Okay, cool. Pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, hey, Cody is leaving AEW. And mm. then uh, just the rest of the day just kind of rolled out with, what, a, t- a message from TK, message from Cody, message from Brandy, that the most important one. Um, yeah. And then Cody got his Twitter back. And now people are saying he's he's going home. He's going to the land of opportunity the green he's going to new york yeah yeah um pretty crazy i think like these these contract rumors have been well well it's been confirmed for quite a while that he's been working without a contract in AEW. but cody being cody you never know kind of what's a work and what's not there was that very confusing promo uh leading up to that 
TNT title uh, unification match recently. And but yeah, it, it seems like he's done with with AEW, and it, it seems like it's pretty legit now. And um, what what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you do you think it's a, a bad move? Do you think it's a good move? Like, do you care? Do you not care? Like, where, whereabouts are you with the Cody sit? I mean, it's pretty interesting. I, I I've been a fan of his stuff since. Since just since he left WWE, I've been even, Hey, you know what? I've been a fan of him in WWE. I've been a fan of him just period. And I think he did a lot when he was on the indies and then, you know, what seems start AEW and all this stuff and stuff in Japan, just all this good stuff that helped create a lot of other stuff in wrestling. I think he's like a, a big part of that, but then, uh, I don't know. It just seems weird. Obviously you go, Oh, it's a work. My favorite Drake and Rihanna song. It's a work, but. Like part of me is like this guy's just wasn't happy with what getting an undercut. He wanted more money. It sounds like is that what people are going to be saying now? It's like so I am I am intrigued if he does go to WWE. I am intrigued if he goes and fights Zack Ryder for the NWA World Title. I'm like okay, cool. He could he you know he could start his own Fed with. Uh, what do I, who do I keep saying is crazy? With Shane, Macaulay, Culkin, and Freddie Prince. Oh Jr. yeah, he could hang and out. Triple H. Yeah, I mean, he could, <laughs> yo, like he he could. I don't I don't know. Do, I, it's apparent Dustin Dustin Rhodes is leaving. What happens with Arn? I mean, there's so much to say. Uh, there. Sorry, is Dustin Rhodes leaving? No, he's not. Sorry, he I'm, says. He's oh saying, no, no, sorry, no. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Dustin's staying. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I uh, look if he shows up in WWE, I think they would let him like have this kind of character control and freedom to do what he pleases. But I don't know quite know uh, if that's where he goes. Like if they, if they said like, Hey, Cody Rose is showing up on raw. I would, I would probably want to tune in and see what, what that's all about. But um, I still think like he is doing the, Cause he said lately he's been pushing so hard before all this as well. Like he's going to do something never before seen in done in wrestling. And like, we all thought it's cause he was doing this weird meta heel he doesn't know he's delusional or something like that but i still think he in his head he's got some sort of thing planned i don't know i i really i really don't know i am like hey it 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 sounds interesting but part of me still feels like like i don't think he's going to show up in wwe and all of a sudden rip off his shirt and show aew and like you know no i I don't know you could people are saying oh he's going to do a storyline with with triple h or you know uh team with triple h or just i I don't know. Look, hey, if it's a if it's a little uh, bump, if, if he wants to kind of stir the pot a little bit because that's what he likes to do, then then hey, bet on yourself, right? But uh, I'm not going to say it's not interesting because it definitely is. I I am a Cody fan. I loved that ladder mm. match with Sammy Guevara. I was like, hey, if that's the way you're going out, then cool, you put Sammy over. But it's just it's just weird. It's like we're all these stories about the elite and him not getting along, kind of true or is he just kind of i i don't know i i wish he spoke on it i wish he like you know i'm not necessarily saying he's going to show up on talk as jericho right away but he should maybe say something unless it's unless they're going to use well, it it's, it's only sh- been a day you know <laughs> sure but he has he has put out that statement and he has like got what he didn't tweet before or something what is he going to show hmm. up in in the elimination chamber and well i mean he can he can technically show up like he's been working without contract, so he could yeah. he could have shown up tonight, <laughs> you know. Um, to give the dusty I, cup. Yeah, I 
I think it obviously it's it's very interesting and and to think he's kind of one of the guys to start off AEW. It's kind of crazy to think he's uh, he's leaving. Um, I am interested. I do think he'll be back in WWE. Um, I think WWE is a place that lacks proper real stars right now, and I think Cody has built himself up to a point where. He is a recognizable name, not just in wrestling. I think he has kind of broken that barrier somewhat. And I I think if he were to go back with assurances that he would be treated as such and wouldn't just be in the mid-card as Stardust, I think it puts a lot of interest on the product. I think WWE could see it as a way of, oh, the first guy to like, we got one of their top guys coming to us. He's like the first guy to move. I can see WWE being interested in that as well. And I mean, I, I've been someone who's been complaining about AEW's roster, how they keep on just getting star after star after star. And I got to say, the more people that are added to AEW, I, I'm like you, I am a fan of Cody, but the more people that are a- added, the less I am interested in really seeing Cody. It feels like, okay, what can we do with Cody right now to keep him busy? So why not? go go over there and and have some interesting feuds more of a, more as a main eventer now um it would definitely make me more interested in WWE for sure and I would absolutely tune into that that raw he debuts or whatever um and I think it's also quite a from his point of view I'm sure he's got his bucket list of stuff and I think for most wrestlers especially someone like him who's grown up with this, being WWE champion is something he'd want to do, you know? Well, he can't win the title in AEW, you know? Well, he can't win the title in AEW. And I think he he managed to squeeze in that third TNT title run very quickly, didn't he? Yeah. Um, But I think that is maybe he feels like there's some unfinished business there. It's probably going to be really good money. He's got a family now, you know, he's got a, a daughter he's probably looking at how much longer he wants to do this full time before he moves more into doing stuff like go big show or stuff like that and take it easy on his body and i think him leaving wwe was we can all agree one of the best moves people someone's ever made and really did change the business and i think if he could go back have a bit of a a top run there I can see him seeing that as another tick, you know? Yeah. Okay. BWWE champ. Yeah. I, in a weird, strange way, the the reason I keep saying, I'm like, oh, it's it feels like it's such a work because in my strange way of just how I think this guy operates, he's going to literally, what, get a two-year contract, three-year contract. He's going to go to WWE. He's going to be... When the part-timers kind of go away again, he'll be the top guy. He'll be the champion. Then he'll be fodder to Roman, your Brocks, your whoever. But then when it's all said and done and these two or three years are up, he'll go back to WWE and he'll be the biggest heel because now he's like, I defected you. I left and I went and became a world champion and all this stuff. Like mm. it's, it's part of his like long term thing with whatever this character of Highlander he's, he's going with. But again, I am, I am interested. In, in seeing this, but I do think in a weird way, he's like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir the thing again. I was too young to kind of, you know, be around watching wrestling at the time and, and kind of knowing the behind the scenes stuff of people jumping ship all the time between 
WWF and and WCW. So I mean, hey, it is it is pretty interesting with this. Uh, what forbidden? Is it even a forbidden door if there's people just leaving? And I guess the doors they're opening the door and they're leaving. He didn't escape. Yeah. He didn't escape through the window or anything. But yeah, he just moved house. You know, new door. Yeah, the new door. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just crazy. Uh, I know we're going to talk all about dynamite uh, tomorrow night on BD Elite. So remember, we we go live at ten. 15 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch and record that show. And then the pod is out on this very free feed. Um, and I know we're going to talk about some NXT, but before we do, you mentioned we did record some shows. Yes, it's Valentine's Day slash Vengeance Day. Well, to celebrate maybe getting your heart broken will be your Valentine's. And we did a best match ever heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, from his run from 91 to 98. So just his first run in the WWF slash E mm. and we're going to, we talk all about that. We did a WCW super brawl two review. Um, and then we didn't plan to do a double mill Milwaukee whammy, but we did no way out 2002, which is the 20th anniversary because it's the 30th anniversary of super brawl. And, uh, we, we talk about NWO coming to WWF and some big matches, the rock versus taker Austin versus Jericho, triple H, Kurt Angle, some big some tag team turmoil, right, Davey? Yeah. Oh, great match. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, we have our B- Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett review coming out. We're going to talk about the whole thing uh, all in one podcast. So that'll be out on the Patreon as well. And uh, and then next week, I know we have an Up Yours where World Champ patron Chris Leone has picked Les Mis. Yes. Wow. Yeah, the Tom Hooper 2012 Adaptation of the musical Les Miserables, starring Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I mean, our our world patrons are amazing. We just had Rush Hour a few weeks ago picked, and now we're going to Les Mis. So we're all over the place uh, with our podcasts. And I, I know that we've we've teased some things for March, Davey. But, I mean, we, we teased Best Match Ever, Shane O'Mac, for March. And then we've teased something. Did we tease another Best Match Ever? We've got the Steiners and Shane O'Mac coming next month. Yeah. But then, look, we have a show on this free feed as well. It's called Shot in the Dark, where John Ceno, Ceno Evil, he watches AEW Dark and all those shows, including 205 Live, and he reviews them in 15 minutes or less on this feed and tells you all the stuff you need to know. 205 Live is a show. Was a show. It's 205 dead now. 205 Live is dead indeed. Yeah, so... He uh he won't be reviewing 205 Live anymore, but he will be reviewing Next Level or sorry, Level Up. Level Up. Level Up. Level it looks like Level Up Next. They're they're stealing yes. our steez, bro. But um yeah, so Sino's still going to be covering but he, but it's going to be that show now. So they dropped the purple and they added green and and some other stuff there. But you know, we got to pour one out. You got to pour one out for 205 Live. So we came up with a great addition for March as well. So best match ever, 205 Live. Yeah, it's it's going to be a best March ever. Stats <laughs> month with a bunch of best match evers. Best March uh, yeah, ever. Looking at, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a hidden gem show because I know 205 is definitely one of those shows where the people that watch it are often saying, oh, wow, there was a really good match on 205 this week. But... Not a whole lot of people watched it. So I'm actually quite, 
quite looking forward to this one. We're going to be talking a bunch about, you know, Murphy, Mustafa Ali, uh, Cedric Alexander, um, all those guys. So yeah. it should be it should be a pretty fun show. Yeah, so that'll be out in March. But if you want to check out all these other shows we do, go to patreon.com slash up next because it is only five bucks a month to access North American patron level to access like 400 shows all the best match ever's all the was next retro nxt reviews everything is on there go check us out another tidbit of information sino told me back on that topic because yeah next sorry level up fuck level up is that what they call it yeah they're level up yeah yeah. level up they're they're still gonna be doing this show so it's kind of like the evolve it's kind of the what they, what they've been NXT doing. to NXT yeah it's the of. NXT to NXT that's the best way to say it and uh, since 205 is live is gone now Sino hit me with this tidbit of information he he got somewhere that says the number of WCW Nitro Nitro episodes is 288 apparently there are 288 episodes of Nitro there were 267 episodes of 205 Live. It, yeah, that's pretty crazy. It was almost there, man. It was almost there. Almost as long as Nitro. Yeah. Wow. Rip, um, rip of the purple. So all that look to look forward to on the Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. Um, can we, because we haven't really talked about it, can we quickly talk about Austin before going into NXT? Oh, yeah. Did we totally? I feel that is, that, no, you you just said it, but we haven't really talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so rumor coming out, uh, Austin's been approached for a match. I think Kevin Owens kind of cut a like a anti-Texas angle yesterday on Raw. That seems to be the match they'd be gearing to if it is going to happen. Obviously, Owens does have the stunner and all that as well. Um, but it's been 19 years since Austin last wrestled. And he's been approached a few times for, for different matches uh, in the past. And... He's he's never laced up those boots since uh, the match against The Rock at WrestleMania 19. But it is Texas. Um, money talks. Apparently, he did buy a, a ring a year ago from High Spots. You you see him on those Austin podcasts. He still looks pretty pretty in shape. We've seen Sting at the age of 62 jumping off of stages and things. Is this happening? Are we getting Stone Cold at Mania? And if so, what is your kind of level of interest in that yeah uh look i love i love austin but i don't i think it's going to be still more of like a quick kind of match more so like you're not going to get like i I don't know that's critiquing it before it even happens but the, Mm. the interest is there i think the interest was a bit more there a few years ago with when cm punk was still in wwe i think that was the match I don't know. For some reason, that's te- ten years ago, right? Punk, like twenty thirteen, around then. Punk Austin. Yeah, like, and I could've... swear they did a Texas a few years back then, around that time. Anyway, so it definitely was like, ooh, that could be. I don't know. That mm. just felt like the the proper matchup. Like, who would you book Austin again? I, I, honestly, it's like Austin Cena would be it. Uh, nothing against Owens. I'm a big fan, Steen Owens, but I just it just kind of feels like. All of a sudden, he's just, oh, I hate Texas. Well, it's like, oh, is it that that's the story? Like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe there could have been something a bit more uh, exciting. Not that I'm not going to watch it. Of course, I'm I'm so interested in seeing this. But uh, it's just it seems it's like, oh, the guy does a stunner. So I'm going to fight him because I do a stunner. It's like- well, I think I think his character 
it, it works more when Owens is a, a baby face because when he was a baby face, he was very kind of Austin-esque, you know, kind of blue collar, um, anti-establishment kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Owens is is great. He did just sign that new contract. I don't know how long this has maybe been talked about, but that would certainly be something that if you're thinking of maybe jumping ship and someone dangles a WrestleMania main event against Stone Cold Steve Austin, that would definitely entice yeah, me yeah, if yeah. I was a wrestler. But it's it's one of those things. It's like, it is 19 years. I think the match with The Rock was a perfect way to go out. He's been kind of the one guy who has stuck by his guns and not come back. But would I, saying all that, absolutely I'd watch the match. And it would make me, like, that would be, I, I've been to a, a lot of WrestleManias and I haven't been since the pandemic and I I have had zero interest in going this year. But if they did announce that match, I would be like, oh man, it, it would have been cool. It would be cool to see Austin's return match, no matter how he looks, no matter what state he's in. The wrestling fan in me and the Austin fan in me would want to see that. And, but yeah, it could be, I, I feel if you're just doing as you said, like a match, which is just a stunner one, two, three. I don't see the point in doing it. You could do something like you did, you know, at last time they were in Texas with, uh, Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley and Austin, where they beat up the league of nations or whatever they were called. You could do just a, an angle. If you're doing a match, maybe you have more of a street fight and you have Austin in jean shorts and t-shirt and stuff. But Really, if we're going to see Austin wrestle, I want to see proper black trunks, black boots, knee braces, Austin, you know? And we'll see. It's not like the way he adapted his style. It's not like he's hitting 450s and brain busters and all that, is it? Uh, he can work a bit of a brawly style. I don't know. I, I am interested. I think it is. I agree. Maybe 10 years too late. But fuck yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm still, I, I'd still watch it, but I, I do think it's like, oh, uh, it's, I don't think you're going to get what you are, you're, you're not going to get all that. You're going to get the more brawly t shirt wear. Not, not, I'm, he looks great whenever we watch those Stone Cold podcasts. Like, I, again, he's still Stone Cold. He's awesome, but I'm just like, ah, it would have been a few years ago a lot cooler with a lot different, maybe a few different people. And again, no disrespect to, to Owens. It just, the, it's, you hate Texas or you do the stunner and Austin's going to be like, no, I do the stunner. Is that it? Cause that's kind of just, just kinda I mean, that's how a WrestleMania build is these years. It's been that for a while. It's yeah. Undertaker and Triple H come out, look at each other and look at a sign and boom, match is done. You know, like, well, so they're, you could they're do not that. the well, most creative when it comes to well, no. building a match. Well, no, because then you could have done Austin coming out and doing that to Undertaker like 10 years ago or whatever. So it's like, I don't know. Like, it's still, it would have worked with him. Like, you can't do the Rock Austin again, I don't think. Cause I think you're doing Rock versus Roman next year in, in California. So, I mean, I don't know. Austin versus Cody Rhodes next year's WrestleMania. I, I think, I think of the bunch of people they got, Kevin Owens does interest me. I think a Brock match would be interesting because that was the match where he kind of walked out on and start kind of the start. But obviously Brock is already tied up with the the whole Roman story. But that is something, if he is, if it's not going to be a one-match thing, that is something you could maybe do the following year. But I think if you're thinking of people who are, you know, reliable, there is a bit of a connection there. Like 
Brock could also just murder you, whereas I think Kevin Owens is kind of trusted and safe in a way. Uh, I don't think he's a bad shout. And also, like, I love Kevin Owens. So, like, yeah. yeah, I do. I do, great. too. And just like, all right, well, that's not definitely not the, the match. I guess everyone kind of want to. But I'm sure people are excited to to see him. But yeah, it's still an interesting day because on that same day, it's like Austin's coming back. Well, actually, Cody Rhodes might come back. There's all sorts. I mean, what's I mean, Brandy. I mean, Brandy's going to come in. She's going to have to win some gold in the WWE. I mean, did Paige Van Zandt technically run her away? Uh, it's crazy. We're going to have to talk more I about guess that so. on BD Elite for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, just so much, so much going so on. So much news. Wow. But we should get into NXT Vengeance Day from February 15th, 2022, the day after Valentine's Day. And we open up with a shot of Mandy Rose by her pool with some Valentine's chocolate and she uh, texts her girls, Gigi and JC, rise and shine, bitches. <laughs> and we just see the messages going up the side of them texting each other. And then all saying, oh, we're too busy being champs. And Indian Persia don't stand a chance. And then Tony D'Angelo's just hitting them all up, texting them all. Uh, I did catch one of Bada Boom from Tony D. Remember, NXT is horny. And uh, yeah. And then I think it's Gigi says, oh, what's the problem with a cage and weapons as they're kind of running down tonight's card? But And they're checking out Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes as well. So happy Vengeance Day, bitches. But fun, <laughs> silly, horny opener for, yeah. for Vengeance Day this year. This felt like it was part of some teen show or... Like, I don't even, I don't know, some safe by the bell type. I keep saying NXT's Degrassi. It's like, first of all, was this the first time NXT or any wrestling show has started with rise and shine, bitches? <laughs> I, I think that should be our new thing. Rise and shine, bitches. <laughs> yeah, we're going to steal it from Mandy. Thanks, Mandy. Uh, rise and shine, bitches. This felt like it was Mean Girls. They're texting. They're like, almost like the burn book. They're like, ooh, this guy's such and such, or this guy's, they're like, like being. Like, like bratty and talking about other people, and it's all lovey dovey, and I don't know. And yeah, like you said, horny. It's just, it's just horny. It's horny. Yeah, this show's horny. Yeah. And we open the show with the weaponized steel cage match, where you can only win by pinfall or submission. It's Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo. Pete Dunn is already in the ring, uh, so we're getting right into the action. He uh, he attacks. Uh, Tony D right away um, Tony D comes back and slams Dunn on top of a trash can and introduces the kendo stick smashing it over the back of Pete Dunn uh, Tony D then goes to get something out of the red toolbox but Dunn slams the lid on his fingers and then stamps on it I thought this was quite a creative use of the toolbox kind of feeding into Pete Dunn's just hatred of fingers i thought it looked kind of cool yeah i i love how it's first of all this is a weaponized cage match i don't think i've ever heard that mm. word um, maybe like army terms or something but uh, i love how it's some of the weapons are all the stuff they use of course there's chairs and trash cans and stuff but just a you know tim the tool man toolbox hanging around oh yeah i guess tony the tool man here but yeah well, Pete then pulls out a wrench and like hooks it on one of the fingers of Tony D'Angelo, pulling it back and then does his classic kind of elbow stomp whilst the wrench was applied. Again, kind of creative here. 
Uh, D'Angelo then pulls out cable ties, which I thought was a nice little touch instead of the handcuffs, because this is a very sort of mobster thing yeah, to do. Yeah, this is like zip ties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently this happened on up next, uh, sorry, uh, NXT UK this week. So maybe he was watching oh. that as well. But yeah, zip ties is definitely more so, you know... Mo- it's zip ties and then thrown in yeah, a body bag, isn't it? Yeah, then you're, then you're going for a little nap. <laughs> but uh, this... And then uh, Tony D gets the hammer and uses the back end of the hanger to fish hook Pete Dunne. But Pete Dunne starts getting really quite creative here as both his hands are tied behind his back. But he manages to jump up and lock in a triangle on Tony D'Angelo with no hands, but trapping the arm in between his arm and his side. And Tony D picks him up and power bombs him out of it and follows up with a DDT. Uh, Tony D'Angelo then goes for a power bomb into the table in the corner, but Dunn is able to counter this into a guillotine still with his hands cuffed behind his back. So the only way D'Angelo can get free from this is by reaching into the toolbox and getting clippers and he cuts open the cable ties. Uh, yeah, I thought the whole use of the, the zip ties here was pretty, pretty clever. And even the way he kind of broke free made logical sense with Tony D'Angelo trying to get out this hold. Tony then goes for his classic uh, crowbar, but Dunn pulls him off the cage and power bombs him through the table. Damn. Uh, big, big reaction from the crowd here. Yeah. Um, but only a two count. I like Dunn then. S- yeah. Go. No, no. I liked how you were right about the zip ties, like how he was maneuvering with them and like actually how he's able to still take bumps while you're uh, like, ha- like that. You got, you have to learn how to make sure you don't actually hurt yourself when you can't yeah. use your hands to like stop you from hurting yourself. But very impressive. And that power bomb spot was nice. Yeah. Uh, Dunn then stamps on the hand, picks up his cricket bat, smashes it across the back of Tony D'Angelo, hits the bitter end, but Tony D'Angelo kicks out. Uh. He's Superman. He's been put through a table. He's had a cricket bat smashed over his back and been hit by a finisher move. Super Tony. He's still hanging in. Super Tony D. Tony then goes for the crowbar again, but gets... uh, But then, sorry, Dunn goes to use the crowbar, but gets caught with the Fisherman Buster by Tony Uh, D. So Vic Joseph now called this the forget about it. The forget about it? They didn't go with our name, uh, Sleep with the Fisherman Buster, but he went with forget about it. So I kind of do like it because as soon as he hits it, he's like, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. Dunn then grabs the crowbar, smacks Tony with it, and then hits the bitter end onto a broken piece of table to pick up the win. Uh, Pete's head bounced off the back of that table as well. And he was like, yo, what the (laughs) fuck? As he was pitting Tony here. Uh, Great selling, but no, his head did bounce off that table. Uh, This was pretty fun. I mean, you had the the, hammer in a guy's mouth pulling at his teeth and his, his mouth guard. You had zip ties. You had the cricket bat. You even had Vic Joseph with a Ninja Turtles reference because of the crickets. Either Vic Joseph listens to us or also just loves Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, so I just uh, – I thought this was this was exactly what we knew it was. But it had some pretty cool – like he hit the bitter end and he, after he broke free. You figure that's it. But instead, uh, 
there's kickouts like on the moves because it's like they were in the next level and then it got more violent and then it was like the bitter end on like the rubble of stuff. So it was pretty good and it was like under ten minutes, just under ten minutes. So I thought it was. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun opener. It really, the crowd, it kind of set the tone for the crowd for the night because I thought the crowd were really hot tonight and they were really into this match. Um, there was some creative stuff that it wasn't just a typical plunder match. They they actually thought about some clever spots in this and did some big near falls at the end to really get you biting. So yeah, uh, good good stuff for me and, and shows that they're still, uh, still kind of caring for Pete Dunne giving him a win here and obviously a bit later we see him featured as well so yeah good good stuff good open to the show yeah we go to Cora Jade who's in bed uh I don't know who's filming her here but I would uh I would try and get a restraining order if I was Cora Jade uh well he's not in NXT anymore so you know well, he wasn't in her bed, if you're talking about yeah. Trey Baxter. <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> Trey so, Baxter. Trey Baxter. Shout out Blake uh, Christian. Is that, is that who he is? Yeah. Right. He's lit. That's He's it. sick. He's sick. So I think maybe he just films Cora while she's sleeping, but she gets a phone call at five in the morning, and it's Ra- Raquel Gonzalez who says, only losers are asleep at five in the morning. Come outside and Raquel is outside. It's time to train. And we get a bit of a training montage. They go to the PC. Um, it's a lot of kind of the big and small comedy. So they're doing that that thing where you've got the sort of rope around your waist and one person's running as the, the other's holding them back. Obviously, Cora's tiny and is moving very slowly. And then they do it the other way around. So Raquel's sprinting and just... Cora's just flying behind her, uh, throwing medicine balls to each other. And then Cora goes to eat a, uh, what do you call these things again? The, the kind of microwave pocket things. P- uh, hot pockets, pizza pockets. Hot po- something pizza like that. Pops. She goes to eat one of them and Raquel's like, what are you doing? Only losers eat food. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what literally what I wrote. I was like, what, what do only losers eat food? Come on. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> They then go to the park and they're jogging and doing sit-ups and doing kind of partner-carrying things. So Raquel's just carrying Cora while running really easily and then Cora's got to get Raquel on her back. But they're training up. They're, they're training. They're tag-team partners now and they want to win the Dusty Classic. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could uh, like associate with Cora when she's like looking at her phone, answering the phone, like, uh, what, who's calling me? I'm trying to like sleep. So I definitely was like, yeah, I feel you there. But Raquel's, you know, trying to get her like, Hey, you want to be my partner? You got to train. Uh, I, I don't know. Every time they do since 2.0, they've been doing these weird vignettes with all sorts of different people. And I think it's the same people behind a lot of them. And it gives like these, it still gives this weird, like it's part of a, a, a TV show and this, the side story here is now they're, they're working out and getting in shape. Like I'm not against that as the story, but I think the way they're going about it kind of makes it seem kind of cheesy or more like for kids. Like as a lot, like I said, as a lot of these other promos from anyone for all, from all of these people since 2.0. So they all kind of feel this way, like really corny. Like it's so over the top, like, I know it's not AEW where you have to explain why a camera is filming every time, but like 
certain things here. It's like, uh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I, no, I, I'm interested in the team. I am. I am actually interested in the team because Jade, I think is something that someone they could push like, eventually down the line as a pretty big star. And she's so young. And the pairing here is, is interesting. But yeah, this was kind of like, just, just kind of still just cheesy. I think Cora Jade's one of the better actors they have there. And, and I think she does play the kind of the young teenager quite well. Um, I'd say it's before NXT 2.0. I think it's a, I think it's a Jeremy Borash thing. These, but he's, these kind of great movies. I don't know. Like it's, I I know what you mean. I, I prefer, I know AW get a bit carried away with trying to explain why a camera's there, but I would personally take, Oh, our cameras caught up at the PC saw that Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade were there at five in the morning today. And then you could do some of this stuff a bit more naturally, but it's, it's very produced and it's not really my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been having these a while for NXT now. I think all the, um, Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase stuff, all of the way stuff. It's, we've had these kind of cheesy things for a while and sometimes they land, sometimes they land, but I think it does make it feel more, uh, fake the whole thing and a, a TV show rather than necessarily. This is some ridiculous stuff that's happening within the world of wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it like, again, it's, 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 a, it's wrestling. It's a TV show. It's funny, but it was just, it was weird. I am interested in seeing them as a pair. They could probably win the whole thing. Hmm. <laughs> we go to the Creed brothers and mountain, sorry, mountain Bivens, uh, Malcolm <laughs> Bivens, who says, uh, we're the ones that put in the work and lift the weights and hit the bags. And, Bivens says, the only thing MSK hit is still illegal in 13 states. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard at this line. It made, me, it made me almost spit out my drink when I was watching this. I loved this line. Great stuff. Julius goes on to say, the only green we hit is money. Tonight, <laughs> we take what's ours. The Dusty Cup is ours. Diamond Mine forever. Uh, so uh, look, more weed references. Hey, did you know MSK smoke weed? Cause even the diamond mine know it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm super behind this, this team. I mean, out of any, I think I've said a broken record here, but out of anything out of the 2.0 change, it has been the Creed bros, but necess- most like diamond mine is kind of working with Bevins being these guys mouthpiece, not anything against these guys talking, but Bivens with the the like the cheap shots here and talking about again the weed references here were were funny like they're like making fun of these like oh we're gonna beat these stoners because we're serious we're wrestlers um, mm. I don't know I I I got me hyped for for this thing yeah this this whole unit's great uh, interesting Roddy wasn't there at all Uh-oh. with these guys tonight uh oh um, we then go to MSK who. Uh, who they're talking about winning last year. And Wesley says, Nate, uh, sorry, uh, Nash Carter was even crying last year. And Carter's like, no, it was my allergies. They say we're rising the ranks quicker than Bivens swipes right on Valentine's day. Shaman riddle taught us to risk it all and take it all. It's MSK all night and all day. Um, I love these guys when they wrestle. I hate them when they talk, they act like seven year olds. Yeah, like it just cut from the one team literally mocking you for like that. And then it cuts to them and they're like making Tinder jokes. It's like, okay, well, like, 
I, I agree. I, I love these guys, especially when they wrestle, but they, they still have not like come across as just kind of not necessarily not likable, but just still not cool when they're clearly cool. They, but they're just, they don't come across They don't that come way. across as real people. <laughs> yeah. It's, they don't seem re- They're like, oh, yes, I'm so excited for tonight. It's like you, people don't talk like that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, yeah. Uh, night and day with these two promos here, I thought. We go to the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Toxic Attraction, made up of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the champions, taking on the challenges of Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Now, when Indy and Persia are making their entrance, Toxic Attraction attack them before the bell. They hit double sentons off the apron to the floor. And then finally, the match gets underway. We get a fallaway slam from Persia to JC. Um, bit of, there, there were a few kind of like double team moves from Indy and Persia. Persia kind of hit a slam followed by this and then an Irish whip into a clothesline from Indy. Uh, look kind of nice. Mandy then tries to get involved and gets sent to the back. You are out of here. We then get a double Simone drop from Persia to both members of Toxic Attraction. And then a tandem spine buster from Indian Persia to Gigi. But JC Jane just breaks up the pin with a senton. Then her and Persia roll to the outside. They're brawling. Uh, it looked really kind of scrappy here. These strikes didn't look good from either, I thought, on the floor. But Persia gets sent headfirst into the steel stairs. And now she is out of the game. Indy then goes for her springboard elbow drop. But JC grabs her leg, causing her to eat shit, fall to the mat. And then we get a kind of high-low leg sweep pump kick combo from Toxic Attraction oh. to Indy to pick up the win. I mean, if it's the high-low, it's kind of a total elimination. Therefore, is it a toxic elimination? That is what they should call they it. Should, yeah, they should absolutely. Just, they should call it that. Uh, yeah, I, I liked... I love Persia actually. She's doing like some pretty cool, impressive moves. Double Simone drop on both of them. She's doing a lot of power moves. I, I don't know if Toxic Attraction is necessarily hitting the way I think they kind of want it to. Whereas I was would have been more interested in Indian Persia winning and kind of being the champs and defending more a bit more. I don't know. I, I'm just I thought it'd be a bit more interesting. The match itself was fine. It didn't like uh, maybe outstay its welcome. I I thought, but. Um, I, I I'm just kind of I, I don't know if Toxic Attraction is that <laughs> exciting or uh, no. I think the story they're gonna go with is Indy and Persia and you know some breakup already with you know love interests and stuff which I'm like okay why go for that if you can't just why can't you just go for the story of they want to be champions is kind of what they briefly mention and instead they're just gonna go back to the horny shit so well I, I think we've got the women's dusty cup tournament coming up yeah so i think you've got to you've got the two teams in eo and kaylee ray who want to get their hands on toxic attraction and um fuck what's the other team uh jeez i i'm blanking Valen but valentina yeah. no no there's another team who kind of oh cora and raquel who all have beef with toxic attraction as well right so i i think it kind of makes sense keeping the titles on them for the sake of this tournament and at least indian persia are coming away with some sort of story you know um Do, i they're, they're building indy as the weak link and we're gonna get a bit of this love 
triangle thing with Dexter and and Duke Hudson. But I just thought there were moments of this match which were good. Like I like that both teams are starting to include more kind of double team stuff. And I did think the finish looked good. But then other bits just look really sloppy. And I, I agree, Toxic Attraction just aren't really hitting the way I think they think they're hitting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. let's. let's what, what was next? Move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We go backstage to Amari Miller and Wendy Chu. They're talking all about Valentine's Day. And Wendy asks if Amari has a partner yet. And Amari said, oh, sorry, I've already got one. And I... I know you bought me all those bubbles and makeup, but I'm sorry. So she walks away and Wendy gives her the thumbs up and then the thumbs down. And then sees Dakota Kai, who sat there wearing heart-shaped goggles and talking to herself as if she is Gollum slash Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. Because she's going like, oh, you can't tell them. No, you tell them. Oh, I know we won last year, but no, we won't win this year. And kind of doing this schizophrenic two personalities thing. Yeah. And Wendy Chu uh, basically asks Dakota Kai to be her partner. It's it's very. I'm I'm so over seeing Dakota Kai go through this weird, like, how would you describe this? This like two. I mean, she was Gollum to me this week, one hundred percent. Precious. No. Yeah, he talks to himself, right? And then it's like Schmeagel yeah. and Gollum, right? They're two different people. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh, it's just because I'm like, yo, you're you're awesome. We know you're awesome, and you were such a fan favorite here. And um, I know it's just this phase, and your character's taking a little whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like Wendy Chu doing the whole like Jim Carrey thing, essentially with the thumbs up, thumbs down, fart noises. But uh, maybe they should partner up. Why not? What a pairing this would be. Uh, maybe maybe Wendy can help Dakota just take a nap and then maybe she'll wake up and feel a lot better. And then that's how she, she you know, change, starts, stops being a heel, I guess. Um, I think Dakota needs to see Alexa Bliss's therapist, to be honest. Yeah, there but, you go. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Well, sorry, we were talking about the Women's Dusty Classic. Who Who is that other team with Valentina? Is it Valentina? I'm blanking. Valentina Feroz and... Well, that's Sino's girlfriend now, right? Valentina Feroz. Yeah, he, so he went to a show the and, other week and, and he ran into her and he recognized her and he was like, hey, I'm a big fan. And he, I'm, sure, I'm sure he mentioned uh, Up Next and I'm sure he mentioned Shot in the Dark. But shout out Valentina, man. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Always hanging around Grand Central Station by the looks of it. But yeah, her and Ulyssa Leon is her partner. Right, cool. And then, but I don't know who Amari Miller's found. As her partner. Yeah. She, oh, I continues. wonder if she, she went back to Tiffany because Tiffany's like, yo, I'll buy you more shit. More bubbles. Maybe. Is that is that Amari's gimmick? She just gets everyone to buy her stuff? <laughs> bubbles and makeup. That's what you want. Bubbles and makeup. That's what we all want. Right, cool. Right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we see Grayson Waller who arrives uh, with police and his heavy Sanger. And he tells Sanger to wait by the car. And then we go to our favorite segment of the week. You guessed it. It's our friends Briggs and Jensen. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Smoke them if you got them. They're at the bar drinking beer, looking like manly men. And Briggs goes, hey, Jensen, you didn't tell me how the date went. 
He goes, oh, it went good, thanks. And thanks so much for taking Casey to the movies to allow me to go to the go on the date with Caden. And he goes, well, you know, you owe me $50 for that those movie tickets and that popcorn and everything. And went, well, I took her for a meal, actually. And we, we talked about the Dusty Classic. And she even said she's an independent woman and paid for it herself. And you know what? When I took her home, she said something real cute to me. She said, to me, you're like a little brother. And Briggs is like, whoa. Aww. Look, buddy, I know you're from Alabama, but that's not good. <laughs> hey, we get an incest joke. Uh, I did laugh at this line. I did too. And then Briggs, and he's like, oh, no, no, what do you mean? It's a good thing. And Briggs goes, hey, bartender. And talks to Fallon, the bartender. So we've got a, we've actually got a bartender gimmick now because this is uh, what Tesha Price. We've seen her for Fallon now. Bartender um, Fallon. Bartender Fallon. Uh, Trust love me, it. you don't love want this you don't want bartender in front of your name. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says, "Oh man, well, I mean, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It sounds like you've got a friend for life." And then Jensen twigs that he's in the friend zone and goes, no, like like Darth Vader yeah. at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Hayden Christensen. And, and Briggs says, oh, he's in the zone. So we got friend zone Jensen here wow. with his little mustache. So these guys went just when we thought they couldn't do anything more ridiculous they come out here and they totally redeem themselves with a friend. No, <laughs> these guys are so ridiculous that I can't not watch these guys. In fact, I was I was literally getting a glass of water when this segment hit and I stopped everything and sat down on the couch and watched it. And I laughed. I cried. I shook my head a few times. Uh, yeah, I I hope these guys like evolve and get so much better but wow this is so bad it's good territory here oh we've now went into a friend zone we have we have a bartender gimmick that's probably what gonna join is the story now again this show we've already discussed the show is too horny and now we're going into friend zones and dates and i loved how i loved how he said i picked her up in my pickup truck uh <laughs> jensen's jensen's mustache does not get enough love he i don't know he's rocking some sort of more, uh, more is it Morgan Waller, Wallen, that country star? He looks like that dude. Um, this, this, this is like so. I don't even know what this is, and I, I hate, love it. I love it. I uh, can I? Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I'm all in on these two now. But the difference is that the Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez thing was just. It's like. It's not terrible, but it's not good, and it's just cheesy, and you know they're both better than this, so you're just like, meh. This, I, I get so much enjoyment out of these two now, because it's it's just ridiculous. And and I want one day to see like a director's cut of all these bits put oh, together. God. You, you know what we need? You know what we need, and what will take this to the next level? When uh, Jensen actually finally gets a proper date with Caden, and makes it clear... And maybe they're going to a prom or something like that. Mm. We need Daddy Bull Buchanan to be putting putting a suit and everything on his son, Briggs Jen Brooks Jensen. 
I think we need we need B squared to be involved oh in all this at some point. I forget that that's his dad. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, shout out B squared. But I, I, I think there's gonna they're, they introduced this like they literally said her name. They said bartender Fallon. So it's like okay, this is gonna be a character now. This felt like I was watching like a a sitcom or something again, like a show where it's just, it's not a good show, but it's a, it's like they're at the bar. It's like not how, you know how I met your mother. Quite it's like I don't know like. Uh, she reminded me of uh, the uh, the bartender slash owner of the boathouse in Ozark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it looked like it was Nashville, but clearly, like they're in Florida. I I would yeah. assume. So it's like, yeah. Uh, just just weird. I I I wonder if they're gonna. They, the reason they introduced the character here is I wonder if she's gonna be dragged into this story, such as like you know she gets involved with one of these guys or they, she joins their team or, or something like that. Or maybe they turn heel or turn on Caden and Kate. I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I hate it so much that I cannot wait to see where it goes. I am. They got me with this, this, uh, the, 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 the romance, say, it, the romance. It's the only thing on NXT every week that I watch more than once. <laughs> <laughs> we still watch that original one. the, uh, How do you like that, your steaks? That. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. But this was great. Oh well, this, the friend zone. This was fantastic. I mean, I mean, if me and you do Briggs and Jensen for Halloween, I guess I have to be Briggs then, right? Yeah, I know Jensen's stealing my gimmick. Yeah, here. he really is. Are, you, are they going to friend zone? They're going to change their names. Uh, they're going to change their names to the zone, the friend zone, something like that. The zone. Yeah. <laughs> be in, maybe, BJ, maybe the BJ that zone. That could be his. That could be his finisher, couldn't it? The, the zone. zone. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, LA Knight comes out to a huge reaction, big LA Knight chance, and then he is interrupted by Grayson Waller, who comes out with his jobber cops, uh, and he shows the recap of uh, LA Knight getting his hands on him the other week, and he's like, "Hey, this caused me emotional trauma. I got a restraining order." And once again, he put his hands on me. I can't sleep at night as I'm so full of anxiety. Now, I've shown you the evidence. He's broken his restraining order. Arrest him now. So the police go to arrest LA Knight, but he grabs the restraining order. And he goes, I know I got the right to remain silent, but I also have the right to explain myself. And LA Knight shows footage from two weeks ago of Waller hitting Knight with the like somersault stunner during his match. And LA Knight says, yes, it does say here in this restraining order that I can't touch Grayson Waller, but it also says here that Grayson Waller can't touch me either. And he did it first. So the police are like, ah, we've seen all we got to see. And they just leave as LA Knight puts in the boots to Grayson Waller, starts beating him up, stomping him down in the corner, and then just launches Waller over the top rope and kind of Sanger just catches him. This this throw looked pretty cool, actually. And LA Knight says, next week, your ass gets stomped out by the one, the only, and the crowd join in with him, LA Knight. He's he's like Stone Cold Steve Austin here in the Impact Zone. I mean, he NXT is. Zone. Uh, full sale. No, fuck. What is this? The CWC? Yeah. CWC. <laughs> there look like there's a lot more people here tonight. 
I thought so too. I think they, yeah, they rejigged it or fit in a lot, lot more. It seemed pretty, pretty lively to me. Because if you listen to us normally, we've been bitching about the, the the fake crowd noise they've been pumping in for no reason at all. But mm. I also hate that backboard design they have that looks like a kids' TV show. It's got people, like fake people. Mm. It's like why don't you just have actual people there? But yeah, maybe they they had more people here tonight. Yeah, LA Night is over. Everything he says gets over. I I can't say I'm super into this storyline. But um, I think I, – I feel like LA Knight would fit good on the main roster if given a chance to shine. Uh, I really do. So I, I am interested. I think Grayson should should beat him and perhaps LA Knight move up to there. But um, you know what? I bet, the, I bet the match is good. So I, I'm not really caring about this. I hate, I hate when they do police things and jobber cops mm-hmm. and all that shit. So I can't say this did anything for me. I, I'm more into it than I was before. Like these two have been feuding since Halloween, and uh, so it's been quite a while. And I think the I, I I'm kind of into it. Uh, I think LA Knight's really good, and he's really got the crowd behind him now. So I think this match could be pretty decent. I, I'm with you. I th- I think he'd be great on the main roster actually. But um, you do also need to keep some veterans down here to work with these guys. But uh, I think he's uh, he. LA Knight keeps growing on me week after week. He, and the fact that he's now really got the crowd behind him as well is is pretty cool. So, yeah, I think the match should be all right. Yeah. We go backstage to Persia and Indy who are consoling each other. And Persia says, it's not over. Uh, we're still going to go for those titles and we will get gold one day. When Dexter shows up. So Indy leaves with sexy Dexy, leaving Persia on her own. And she looks a little like, nah, about the whole thing. But Duke Hudson walks in and offers Persia his hand, and she walks off with him. Ooh. So, so yeah, they're finally finally going to get it on, I guess. Interesting. Something's going to happen mm. with these two. More, more horniness here. More soap opera more romance and scandals and drama. Just That's what NXT is all about, just the drama and sexiness and stuff. And, hey, even to make it better, then they go from that to – a shout out to French Montana, who did the music for tonight's Vengeance Day. The song by French Montana is called "If I Go Down," which sounds perfect for a Valentine's Day uh, event. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think Valentine's Day is the day you're allowed to be a little horny uh, for this. That's what show. I mean. It's called but "If I Go Down." It is. So I mean, you know. yeah. If I go down, <laughs> I love French Montana. We go to Tommaso Ciampa, who's in his in his room on his chair backstage, and he says, I'm fed up of people looking at me and talking about me as if I'm just part of this farming system. I'm fed up of people like Dolph Ziggler. He confuses my loyalty to NXT for fear. But tonight's not about us. Tonight's about Bron Breaker versus Santos Escobar, and I'm going to have my eyes firmly on that because it's for the same title that I won't want. And I know that Dolph will be watching too. After all, this is my home. And then he throws the chair away and storms off. I, I heard he was on Raw this week, and I didn't see that he threw the chair. He was sitting down on a chair, though. Was he was sitting... Well, he did his, like, push it aside uh, and storm Throws his chair yeah. away. Uh, he says, fuck you, Dolph. <laughs> fuck you, Dolph. This is my yeah, home. so it... Similar to the kind of Grayson Waller thing with AJ Styles, they're kind of bleeding these main roster uh, NXT things 
over with with having some integration on Raw, which I think is kind of cool. And I guess it's a way of maybe Vince seeing these guys on Raw as well and getting a better look at them because uh, he, I, I guess, just doesn't have USA on a Tuesday, maybe. Um, yeah. We have a little, uh, we go to our North American Championship match, uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes. And they did this a couple of times tonight where the promo sort of starts on the stage before their music hits and they walk out. So you've got Melo who says, I am NXT's breakout superstar. When I shoot, I don't miss. And Trick says, that's why he is unified North American champion. I am the A champion. And then his music hits and he comes to the ring and hat or no hat, Cameron Grimes, the challenger comes out with no hat. He didn't take our advice, Brayden. Dude. Well, maybe you should have. Come on. We talked about this. It's a magic hat. Yeah. I I know, you know, it's only February and... St. Patrick's Day is a while away, even though that hat kind of makes him look like a little bit of a leprechaun. But that hat is his demon paint, and he chose not to wear the hat. I thought it would have gotten him that extra oomph, that little bit of a boost here tonight, but he did not wear the hat. I will say Grimes has great gear. He's got some some mm. uh, some jewels on it, but no hat means no W. I think for Cameron Grimes, I did love Carmelo Hayes shirt. I know he had the the what Rip Roddy one, but here he's got him on his shirt. He's wearing. He's got him pouring out one like a red solo cup, so pouring one out on Grimes's head because he's like, "Yo, I'm, I'm pouring one out for Grimes." Right, and and then he's also got like a hat made that says the A champion. So Hayes, Hayes, every time I see him, looks better and better. Like if if WWE doesn't screw things up, this guy could be uh, a very big star. I think in not just here in NXT because it's it's the feeder system to WWE. I think he will be a, a pretty big star because he's got a great look. He's got mm. such a great uh, like character, and he's already just come into his own here. But the wrestling definitely clicks. This was an awesome match to get into. I thought his gear looked great as well. He was in a, a Vengeance Day red uh, shorts. He had like a champion on his knee on one knee pad and shin pad, and then the Vengeance Day logo slash Heartbreak Kid yeah. heart on his his other knee pad. I thought he looked really really good tonight. Yeah, the one knee pad uh, with the HPK was was pretty cool. So they're squaring off. They're in the ring. Grimes points to the moon as that's where he's going. But Mello sort of mimes shooting it down, stomping on it, and then sweeps it out the ring with his foot. Um, They're going back and forth. Grimes is running the ropes and cartwheels over Mello and then wiggles his butt, telling him to kiss his grits. Mm. Uh, There's a big back body drop to Hayes. And then Hayes drops, uh, sorry, drapes Grimes across the ropes and hits a drop kick, which looked pretty nice. Uh, Grimes and hits, is it the the collision course? His kind of yeah. Spanish fly body slam. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, which always looks awesome, uh, especially on Mello, selling it great. They're going back and forth, trading blows, and Mello does the, we see Zach Gibson do this a lot, like the cross chop to the throat uh, to to Grimes here. And then Hayes goes for some sort of satellite, but Grimes scouts it and hits the massive side effect, turning turning Mello inside out here. Yeah, this one, I mean, he, he's done it before, but he spins you out, like spins you before he hits the actual side effect, kind of like Matt Hardy does, but like the next evolution of the move. Yeah, looks really, he, it looks really nice. He also hit a really nice snap 
like Rana, which was crazy too. He does these great, yeah, like no hands just leaps up, yeah. hitting the Rana. Uh, looks really good. We get Mello's big springboard, uh, springboard clothesline, and then Grimes out of nowhere catches Mello with a super kick. One, two, kick out. Yeah, a trick. It was the Shawn Michaels spot. Like they, they sold it. He sold it like Shawn. He acted like Shawn. It was everything Shawn there, but a kick out. Trick then gets on the apron to try and get involved. But Grimes sends Mello right into him, knocking him off. There's then a poison Rana from Grimes. Then the PK to Trick on the outside. Now Grimes climbs to the top and hits the high cross for a two count. And Mello then rolls to the outside to kind of uh, gather himself. Grimes goes to hit the cave-in on Mello to the floor. But Mello gets out of the way and Williams eats it, taking him out. Uh, Mello then looks at his North American Championship and assures it, <laughs> "I am not going to lose. I'm not going to lose you. Not on Valentine's Day." I love this. We then get the cross face in the middle of the ring from Hayes, and Trick gets right back up and starts pulling the rope away, making it harder for Grimes. So Grimes can't reach the rope, but rolls Mello back on his shoulders for a great near fall. Uh, Mello just kicking out. And then Mello pulls Grimes' neck across the top rope and hits his diving guillotine scissor kick leg drop for the win. Um, and Carmelo Hayes is still your North American champion. Yeah, Mello don't miss. This was the longest match on the show. I think it was just under 16 minutes. And it was great. We knew it would be great. Cameron Grimes, uh, Trevor Lee, he's been awesome and still just kind of been in NXT for the past few years in kind of in this role. And we, we all kind of knew like, Hey, I think Carmelo's on this run. It makes sense that he would retain, but we all was still like in Grimes corner, right? We're always like supporting him and he's just mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I thought there was some great back and forth, even just the beginning, some chain wrestling, but just the, the big like high spots that were treated proper. I, you know, I love, a, I think, you know, I talk about the, the Ushiguroshi is my favorite move. You love the, the side rush on Leg Sweep, but Poison Rana is my absolute thing. And Grimes hits a nasty one in this match. It just looks awesome. But, uh, I love how now he's incorporated the, to the moon before he runs like with the cave in, like, cause the crowd eat it up when he does it. I mean, the crowd's only so big here in this arena, but it, it was, it was awesome. This is a pretty good match. I can't, I can't decide what, what, what was my match of the night really. Uh, but I, I did quite enjoy this as we all thought we would. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this too. And I thought they, they did a good job of actually making you bite on some of Cameron Grimes's near falls. Cause I wasn't really expecting him to win, but I liked that. I was like, Oh, actually they, they might do the switch here. He should have worn the hat, bro. Like, come on. He should have worn he the hat. He should have known better. But yeah. Really good stuff from these two. I kind of wonder what is next for for Grimes, but uh, Mello is is really impressing with all of these uh, these title defenses here. He's he's been great since the breakout tournament. Mello um, don't miss. Stuff. Yeah, Mello don't miss. We go backstage to Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai, who are going to be teaming up for the Dusty Cup. And Kaylee Ray is holding a baseball bat and asks. She just smashes a glass <laughs> on the table. <laughs> And goes, hey, Eo, do you want to smash some shit as well? And Eo's like, nah, it will ruin my style. Kaylee Ray goes, come on. Look, it's fun. Look, you hate toxic attraction. You're not wearing any gold right now because of them. And they injured your partner, Zoe. 
So Eo's like, oh, okay, give me the bat. And she smashes up a glass when Zoe Stark is there. And she's like, yo, what the fuck? Why are you, why are you smashing shit? Why, what's with all this mess? And Eo then smashes her, grabs her like teacup out of her hand, her coffee mug, smashes it on the floor and says, I like her, referring to Kaylee Ray, which she's never said about Zoe. Wow. But also, since when did Zoe Stark care about making a mess? Do you remember that sushi restaurant where she was just throwing food yeah. all over the place? Yeah. And now Zoe's got a problem with making a mess? At least Kaylee Ray does it in a contained area that probably, you know, is a rage room or the Kaylee Rage Room. Uh, yeah. I think as we call her. But I think it's so weird. Like, we've we made fun of the 205 live gimmicks. And then hers is just, hey, I smash shit. I know these things are popular these days. But it's just funny that this is what... I'm watching. Like I felt, it felt weird. I was watching this and I was like, "This is just strange." Like of all the things, like I get it. You're you're always angry and you're raging and stuff. It is funny that all of a sudden Zoe goes, "Oh, I do like you," like right away because she's into breaking. Eo, Eo yeah, saying. sorry, Eo says yeah. that. Yeah, because she's just into break stuff. That's what I want. A break stuff music video with them just smashing shit. But yeah. Um, I I love Io Shirai. I think Kaylee Kay- Kaylee Ray is pretty good too. So hey, let's sure let's see where it goes. Uh, Zoe gonna play the jealous ex in this kind of? Yeah, I don't know what her time frame is, but yeah. uh, it's it's an easy story to go to once she is ready. Yeah. Uh, the the two partners of Io that Io, well, I guess I guess she's made a choice. She likes Kaylee. She likes Kaylee. Yeah. We go to the final of the Dusty Cup. We get a, a nice video package kind of showing previous winners, Dusty uh, kind of talking about tag team wrestling, all of that. And we go into MSK versus the Creed Brothers. Creed Brothers with a great res- uh, entrance here. Bivens comes out holding up the John Cena towel saying, never give up, and then turns it around and it says, nah, they should. Uh, funny stuff. Yeah, this is pretty good. I love I love Bivens, man. He's so funny. You've got MSK who are cutting down Julius with their combo kicks and leading to a double stomp to the back from Nash Carter. Uh, Wes Lee gets involved with a great-looking Con Hilo to the outside. I love how he do, does it almost over the turnbuckle. Gets so much hype oh, with this thing. Oh, just crazy. The height this guy can get, yeah. There's then a gator roll into a gut wrench throw from Julius, just throwing Nash onto the, the top rope here. And then he pounces Wesley off of the apron. So he goes crashing into the announce table. Um, Nash Carter then comes back with some fabulous looking kicks to both Julius and Brutus. And then with Julius on the floor, Nash hits the, sorry, it's, it's Wes hits the hot fly. Oh, yeah. I I mean, so the hot fire flame is the one where it's usually in the ring and the guy's laid out and it's like a standing moonsault and the, and Wes pushes Carter and he like flips in midair. But here, he's on the apron and Wes is on the other side of the ring, like the ropes, and he says, push me. So he jumps off the apron and gets pushed onto the outside. So yeah, I've not seen them do this, at least in WWE or NXT. Thus far, they do the standing variation before, but this one looked pretty cool. This looked really good. Because people are always like, um, oh, why, is, why would he just 
push him. But the the way his own partner pushes him makes it so much like faster. There's lots of force be- yeah. force behind it, so it does kind of make sense. But imagine doing this spot like uh, even higher. I, I'm kind of interested in <laughs> seeing them do this like what off a ladder or off a cage. Off a, honestly, <laughs> off something. But yeah, you'll see it yeah. one day. It'll be cool. But hot fire flame. Carter hits a, a swanton to Julius and then his momentum, he like gets right back onto his feet and then hits a drop kick to Brutus off the apron, which looked really nice. And Wesley follows up right away with a spiral tap. Um, like MSK, they're, they're annoying on the mic, but they're so, so good in the ring. Just their, their chemistry together, all their kind of combos and everything just looks so good. There's then an assisted cave-in to Julius. So... Uh, kind of Julius is across the knees of I think it's it's Carter. I mean, Wes Lee yeah. hits the cave in. How is this not their finisher? It's way more devastating. I know yeah. it's Cameron Grimes' move, but like this move is way crazier than their finish. Their finish is just a blockbuster yeah. heart attack. It's like it doesn't look that that great, but this looks deadly, and the guys always kick out of it. Nash then hits like a. Uh, so Julius hits a big, sorry, Brutus hits a big move and then kind of poses and roars. And as he's do- doing that, Nash comes up behind him with almost a V trigger to the back of the head and then follows up with a tope suicida to Julius. But Julius catches him, gets him on his shoulders and hits his, it's like his uh, cartwheel DVD, but on the floor. This this looks like he broke his correct. own neck. What was he doing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to watch the replay. I was like, yo, what just happened here? It did look like it would hurt him, but he doesn't break his neck, clearly. But wow, this move is dangerous. I his head's so say. close to the floor. But yeah, I guess I get, I, he looked fine. Rolls Carter in the ring and then hits his huge lariat for the finish. And the Creed brothers are your 2022 Dusty Cup winners. Yeah, I mean, this was the match I was most looking forward to tonight, I think, because the Creed brothers have been on this kind of run. We say every week, like, they're two, like, young guys that are just built for this almost. Like, two Brock Lesnar's, two Kurt Angles, two Shelton Bent. Just the wrestling is definitely there, and they've definitely been in- improving and improving. And this was probably probably my favorite match from them thus far. Uh, it just, it was under 10 minutes long, which I wish they kind of went a little longer. That seems to be my gripe with NXT 2.0. Even on one of these like specials like today, they still had a lot of like backstage and, you know, vignette shit that could have been, you know, saved for next week and, and given more time because they, these, this is the finals of the Dusty Classic and it didn't even get 10 minutes. I felt a little shortchanged, but still there was some good stuff from these guys not taking away because in that 10 minutes, there was just wild stuff from MSK with those crazy high spots and, and, and just Creed brothers. They're, they're going to be big stars. I I think because there's two of them there's and, and Malcolm Bivens goes with them so well. And then like when they're celebrating afterwards, the, the, the shot of Bivens is just like, he, he's like, he's just in shock. He's like, Oh my God, we won. We won, and then he's like, yeah. "We won!" And there was people in the crowd doing the, the Hova, the Jay Z, the the DDP diamond the thing. Diamond. So like that could get over, I guess. You might find some issue with Jay Z, but that could get over. And uh, it, I don't know, man. Diamond mine is forever. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, I, I really like this match too. Uh, I'm with you. I could have done with another five minutes, but we don't know. The Creed brothers haven't been doing this long, so maybe maybe it's too. 
kind of protect them a bit, you know, hide weaknesses and show off strengths. Maybe they're not necessarily ready to go 15-20 at this point. I don't know, but I I thought this was great. Really enjoyed it. Um, can't wait for Imperium versus Creed Brothers. That sounds nuts. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can necessarily hold that off to the don't call it takeover yeah. at Mania because that's still a bit far away. Um, but yeah, I'm very looking forward to that when that happens. And I think MSK are maybe good to move up at this point. Honestly, yeah, move them what? up. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind them. I know Riddle's with Randy, but I would imagine what Randy versus Riddle at WrestleMania is potentially the match. But MSK moving up with Riddle would make sense. But just moving up in general, I think they could find find bigger things to do, I, I think. I th- MSK Usos could be great. Well, you know? we'll talk about like, the and feels really fresh. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Usos in a little bit, maybe uh, actually, because I have there's there's definitely I don't think we might see MSK move up, but we might be seeing the Usos in NXT. Uh, it looks like as well uh, a little bit, but but yeah, I wouldn't mind MSK moving up. I think there's a lot more. They just need tag teams up there, don't they? So bring them in maybe yeah. maybe pair them with a leader with them but uh, i don't know riddle obviously because they keep calling him the shaman and talking about him but still yep we go to nikita lyons we've got another vignette for her and this time she's got a kind of dance routine going on she's got some backing dancers um look pretty good actually uh in like a dark lit room she says once my dad sat me down after a gig and told me I need to stop beating up people. (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts to her kind of dancing away. And that feeling of crushing a routine is only compared to knocking someone out in the ring. I'm a whole lot of woman who's about to do a whole lot of whooping. And next week, you better watch out for this lion's roar. Wow. So are are you slowly becoming a fan of Nikita Lyons? I think I uh, I kind of I'm as we said okay you're you're a singer how is this going to work in a wrestling context but watching her kind of mixing doing the dancing and then cutting to her with like a a punch bag and doing all the strikes and things it it looks like she can she can definitely fight so I, I am intrigued to see her I've not watched her on um the show formerly known as 205 live um so I am interested and I I do think her her delivery with these lines and these kind of pre-tape things, I think she sounds pretty confident and stuff. So if that can carry into her kind of in-ring promos or backstage promos, she could be one to watch out for. But yeah, I'm intrigued to see her next week for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. It's not like it's a Jillian Hall, like, silly singing thing, like she's an awful singer. She's saying that she's in the music thing, but then it cuts to her being like a badass. So it's kind of uh, almost... (laughs) Almost like a best of both worlds. I'm not saying Hannah Montana, even though I just did the best of both worlds. But it's like there's two sides. She's not just a fighter and she's not just this. So, I mean, hey, like we haven't even seen her wrestle yet if we haven't watched 205 live. But uh, I know Sino, who does Shot in the Dark, he's he's mentioned her. But, I mean, hey, maybe maybe she does go pretty far. Uh, I guess we'll see And at least in week. a way, unlike, unlike the kind of poker gimmick and other sort of gimmicks she's kind of justified why she's a fighter because she grew up in this kind of rough world where men could maybe take advantage of her and stuff being 
being on the road with a band and that sort of thing. And therefore she had to learn to fight to stand up for herself. Like it, it kind of does make sense other than rather than, Oh, I'm a poker player and I wrestle on the side, which is like, okay, but mar- marry the two together. What's the connection there? I like how you know? their, their, their quote is my dad had to tell me, yo, stop beating people up. Stop hurting people. Yeah. I know, man. She better oh, bring my dad those. Away says that yeah, I mean, that's, record. yeah, that was the first <laughs> advice my dad ever gave me was don't, you know, stop beating people up. Um, I, I'm interested. I want to see nunchucks. She's got great gear as well. Mm. Well, we go to Imperium, who are in the ring. Um, you've got Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel looking so cool and suave in their in their turtlenecks, <laughs> and then you got you got Gunther in his polo. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, man, what was going on here? So. Sorry, so they say it's Imperium, and, and I think they call him Walter again, and he's like, no. So, no, the, the announcer goes, uh, like, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, and Gunther, and he goes, nein, it's pronounced Gunther. Gunther, but then the crowd are all just going, Walter, yeah. Walter. Yeah. So, uh, he, so they're dressed, like, I mean, Imperium don't look real anyways, they look fake, like, Euro models here and as like they look dressed to impress as always they always look good but i love the turtleneck from from uh martel here but uh martel barcel yeah i'm always messing it myself barcel fuck well rick martel barcel <laughs> but then gunther fuck i'm calling him walter walter's here in like this like polo he didn't look necessarily like he's gotten in phenomenal shape as well and i'm like yo why don't you look like as like didn't anyone know, like are all your friends, is Imperium yes men? Did they just go, yeah, you look good? Like, Davey, when we have a night out, you know, back when we could do those sort of things, you'd be like, yo, should I wear this shirt tonight? And I go, yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. As friends, you tell people, sometimes I go, Dave, should I wear this? And you go, no, 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 not tonight. You need to, no, no, that's not, that's not, that's not the vibe tonight. That's not the mood. Like, we're bros. We do that. So wouldn't they? Cause like they got style and they could have just taken him out shopping. Cause he's wearing like Mark's work warehouse, I- like, Dad, yeah. dad polo here like no, not not saying there's nothing wrong with wearing that but you're a wrestler and your two guys beside you look fresh and I, you're just i'm trying to think what because he couldn't i don't think he'd rock the turtleneck necessarily get where's jacket i'm trying yeah i think maybe his ring jacket with a black kind of round neck t-shirt maybe would look good on him it's it, it is, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. This is I, this is the most just, like he he looks better in his speedos, doesn't he? <laughs> like he looks way more in, intimidating in just his speedos. Um, but yeah, we need to sort this out. Not not a navy blue polo shirt. It's, it's just weird. It could have been you're, black. You're not screaming better. champion. Like, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could have been like, oh man, yeah. Also, we just never see wrestlers in polo shirts. Uh, just looks. We weird. see bowling shirts a lot of the time. It seems bowling shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Could be better than this. But anyway, um, Fabian Eichner says, congratulations to the Creed brothers. Dusty Cup classic winners, Marcel. After a grueling tournament, you've earned the opportunity at our tag team titles. And then Gunther, to truly understand what Imperium stands for, you must be willing to suffer through anguish and misery that you are not ready to endure just yet. And Marcel and Fabian have brought honor to this great sport. But for me, it's time to set my eyes on championship gold in NXT. Tonight, I'll be watching Bron Breaker and Santos Escobar with high interest. 
We are Imperium and for us. And they're interrupted by an Oos. Solo Sokoa comes out. A lot of Ooso chants from the CWC. And Solo goes, look, we get it. The mat is sacred, but I don't give a damn about the mat. On the island, you've got to climb the ladder to find the biggest, baddest dude and slap the taste out of his mouth. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Now, I don't care how you say your name. I'm going to wipe the mat with the ring general and make you my bitch. And he steps up onto the apron and Marcel and Fabian go to attack. But Gunther holds him back. Like, no, lads. Nine. Not right now. Nine. Nine. Wow. So there's a little bit to unpack here. I mean, Imperium are claiming their their stake. They're like, hey, we're the champs. Doesn't matter. The Creed Bros, we beat you before. We'll beat you again. Doesn't matter. We're going to take over this thing. We have Gunther. Gunther calling out the NXT champion, either Braun or Santos, after later tonight. But then Solo interrupts and clearly wants a match with Walter here. So clearly we're going to get some sort of one-on-one situation between Solo Sokoa and Gunther in the near future. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce it next week or the week prior. Uh, but there's there's three of them. It looks like Solo might need some friends. Mm. He might need two people to help him. And, I mean, the crowd certainly were cheering for them. And I think, wouldn't that be cool if you could, like... You you brought up, like, right away, like, yo, this guy should already start teasing stuff for the bloodline. And it's like, here you go. You have the Usos come in for the, the save. Roman sends him down. He gives the blessing to the Usos to to go help him out. And they have, a, a you know, tag matches with Imperium or six-man tag matches with Imperium here. And that kind of will definitely put Solo in, in, the, in the deep end with, like, working some, some pretty big matches. But, I mean... We talking about the stand and deliver thing. It's either Creed Bros versus Imperium at stand and deliver, or Usos versus Imperium at stand and deliver. By the looks of it, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, really, really interesting. I think, um, I think Creed Brothers versus Imperium would have to happen before then. Like it's, it's a long time yeah. before. Before stand and deliver, but may- maybe you could hold it off. But or yeah, solos or or, or the Usos face Imperium, and it's not for the titles. If Imperium lose it to, uh, say, Creed Brothers, but uh, Usos versus Imperium sounds like it could happen in in, in a six way thing with Solo and Gunther and stuff. But that sounds pretty I good. Mean, I was interested. Seems it was interesting to see this. It seems more likely now to happen than it did during kind of Black and Gold era, to be honest, because. Um, we're seeing a lot more integration. We've we've had Dolph come down. We've had AJ come down. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that would be great. Imperium versus Usos and Sokoa could be awesome. We, but as we've always said, any Walter match I'm interested in. So Walter Sokoa even is interesting to me. Yeah, Solo has this like kind of you know they call him the street <laughs> the street fighter, the street champion. That's what they say. But he gives us like kind of rough vibe, and I would like to see him fight. Uh, Walter here. I know we, again, we do a show was next where we go back and watch retro NXT and we're, uh, better half of 2013 now and we don't really see the Usos on there anymore, but they were on NXT quite frequently when we were doing that show about the last year, talking about like 2013. Ascension Usos. Usos were all over. Yeah, they were all over NXT for quite a while there. So it would be cool to kind of see them come back, but that's just me speculating, but could, could happen. 
We go backstage to Dolph Ziggler, who's wearing a Toxic Attraction t-shirt with his his blazer just over the top. Uh, this this guy can dress well. What about his hair, though? What was going on with that? He's, oh, yeah. He had, like, his, his kind of... It's like bangs. It looked like a... Yeah. Like, I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, he says, I got a drink thrown in my face, but I kicked Champa in the face. And it must be nice for Champa living in Florida all the time, getting to go to the beach, being in the sun all the time. And he made it to Raw the other day. I guess he got a uh, a cheap flight and got the cheap seats for Raw. And I bet Champa really enjoys signing a lot of 8x10s in Florida. And NXT may be his home. Well, next week, I'm kicking the door open to his home. So we're getting that match next week. Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Champ. There was also a mention of drinking milk out the carton. Was that like an anchor man? Was he trying to do like the was it, uh, bad choice? It's like it was a bad choice kind of thing. Right. Maybe. I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I never know with Dolph Ziggler, you know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that is going to be next week. And we then go to Mellow and Trick, who... Uh, who they're kind of just talking about Cameron Grimes and Trick was like, wow, that, that guy was kind of had your number there for a bit. And he goes, yeah, he's good, but what's good to someone who's great? When Pete Dunn walks in and goes, congrats, mate, still North American champion for now. Uh, so that's going to be the next challenger, Pete Dunn, Carmelo Hayes, which should be a cracking match whenever that comes. Hell yeah. I don't know if that's if that's the stand and deliver one, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go to our main event for the NXT title. It's Bron Breaker defending against Santos Escobar. Now, uh, Santos comes out with like NWO style LDF, uh, almost LWO uh, font here. Yeah, it's uh, with his boys. Yeah, LDF, but in the like New World Order or uh, Latino. World Order, right? LWO, yeah. World Order stuff. I loved Escobar's, uh, what? Poncho? Uh, Poncho. I just the other day watched, yeah. uh, Fistful of Dollars, Clint Eastwood, and I'm like, man, I, it looks like the, the style of the design is similar to this one. And then he's got his logo here on the front, but I'm like, man, that shit looks cool. He's, he's coming out here with his, with his gang. He, like, at least, at least, uh, like they're, they're putting something behind it to make it look like it's, it's a big, Main event match here. Yeah. Joaquin in a great red suit for for Vengeance Day there. Yes. Uh, he looked awesome. Um, and then Santos wearing these kind of Eddie Guerrero-inspired blue uh, blue pants. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the whole Eddie de- design with, with Legado on the back where it would normally say Latino Heat. Um, yeah, sorry. So it was, it was like purpley, like Eddie. So it's 18 years ago to the day that Eddie beat Brock. For the title, yeah. so he's got these like purple things that does look like Eddie's Eddie's gear here. It was mm. pretty cool. Look nice, but Bron comes out and we've seen him break the old NXT black and gold logo. This time they've got last year's Vengeance Day logo on the stage, and he sets it on fire. This guy just hates <laughs> the old era. I think 
at Stan and Deliver, he's going to bring out Triple H in a body bag and just set him on fire as well. <laughs> just put an end to he's it all. Bring, the final version is him bringing out Triple H and murdering him on and in Sean. his entrance. In his entrance, yeah. breaking the throne. Yeah. He's going to break Triple H's throne with Triple H on it. That's what he's going to do next time. Jeez, this gave me Jurassic Park vibes. He like liked the what do you call those things? Like the flares. He like yeah. lights the flares at his feet the way it's shot. It was pretty cool. And then he drops it and it like goes and lights the whole it was like Mask of Zorro. You know how much I love that movie. Yeah. It was and then it lights that whole big old V up. He just loves burning all the old shit. Like, yo, he hates the old days, bro. He'll drag out Jason Albert, Matt Bloom, whatever you call it. Oh, him. imagine. That would be crazy. If this guy was yeah. heel, which hey, he got he got some booze here tonight. So I mean, you could turn he him you could turn him heel and if that was the story, that would be hilarious because then I would do Triple H versus Braun Breaker at uh, Stand and Deliver, but no. Uh the, the, it was a pretty cool entrance for this guy. It's unfortunate though uh he decided to wear losing colors for his gear. Yeah, he's kind of in I mean it, it looked like RVD's uh, singing, yeah, you know. It, it did. Yeah, it's the Bengals though. It looked like a tiger. But Cincinnati. It's the Bengals, but yeah. I, I mean, is he a? I mean, he does, he's not from Cincinnati. Is that is that his team? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it did look like the RVD one, so I did think it still looked pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, but he looked good. Uh, we get into the match. There's a delayed vertical suplex from Bron, followed by a kip up, uh, then a big clothesline from Bron. Uh, Escobar comes back with a tope suicida to the outside, and now uh, he's he gets the advantage on on uh, Breaker here. And gets him on the steel steps and kind of does a, a Boston Crab, but squeezing his face against the the ring post. And then, I've not noticed this before, but there was kind of like this little box at the bottom of the ring post with NXT written on it. And he just started slamming Breaker's head against it. And it kind of, I mean, not, not as violent as Nigel McGuinness, but it didn't look protected at all. It just looked like he was smacking the back of his head against this thing. Um, yeah, what was yeah, that? Pretty thing? nasty. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out what that thing was. I'm like, is it soft, and that's why they're using it instead of like the ring post? But in reality, it, it's him sla- slamming his head against something. It, it looked like yeah. it looked like it hurt. Yeah. Escobar is then cranking on the neck back in the ring, but Bron fires up and starts delivering some shoulder tackles and clotheslines. Legado del Fantasma tried to get involved. But Breaker beats him up. He throws Joaquin into the ring wearing that lovely red suit of his. And then Electra Lopez gets on the apron for the distraction. And from out of nowhere, Dolph Ziggler comes in delivering a super kick to Bron Breaker. And now Santos goes for the pin, but Bron kicks out. Champa now comes to the save to beat up Ziggler. Um, I thought that was a great near fall after the after the super kick there. We then get a like an Eddie style tornado DDT where Eddie used to do it where you kind of land on your front almost with it. Well, this was this was really like good. exactly how this is the the move Eddie hits on Brock in that match actually. Right, if you remember okay. uh, Goldberg interferes in that match and attacks Brock, which I think eventually lets him set up. But he hits the DDT like I yeah. think on the chair or something like that. But yeah, it looks mm. just like it here. It looked great. Santos then climbs up to the top and goes for the Eddie Frog Splash, but Bron scouts it. So Santos rolls through, but then gets speared by Bron. Big spear. And then picked up into the military press power slam. And Bron Breaker 
retains. Yeah, huge spear and huge military press power slam move. Those moves look pretty impressive when he's doing them on yeah. one guy. I know Santos is a little smaller than him, but still looks looks great. Uh, yeah, I mean Breaker, he's 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 pretty good. He's for how long he's been doing this, man, he is he is impressive, and I think we will be seeing this guy uh, advance this year probably into uh, the WWE main roster system. But mm. but yeah, I, I still enjoyed this match as well. It kind of had a little bit of everything you expected. You knew Escobar is like you knew Escobar. He's not winning. The crowd were kind of behind him though. There were a lot of boos other than the the dog barks for. For Breaker, but you could turn Breaker heel eventually, right? Like it is something that could happen. I think so, yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was cool to kind of see Escobar in a main event spot and get a title shot. But we knew he wasn't winning. But he had some cool stuff. Legato got involved. It was basically it was basically everything you kind of knew they were going to do, and I I didn't didn't dislike it at all. I actually i I get a little bit tired of all the Eddie tributes all the time. Sure, I I feel. I mean, rest in peace, like. Like, love him, Eddie Guerrero, but every week I feel like we're celebrating some sort of anniversary of Eddie Guerrero and someone's doing an Eddie Guerrero spot. Um, Yo, bro, why do you hate Eddie Guerrero? What's wrong with you, (laughs) But I thought it was actually quite clever in here. And as as you said, kind of reenacting that uh, No Way Out match against Brock where you had the outside interference leading uh, leading to the finish. And I think, I kind of feel that's what turned the, the crowd because i think they actually started to believe that escobar might win this because there definitely weren't as many boos for bron at the beginning of the match as there were at the end of the match and i i think they did a good job at, at kind of making you think oh santos could actually do this and being one of the sort of people that have been there a while and we all like santos escobar and would actually love to see him have a reign i think because they bit on these falls, it kind of gave Bron more booze when he eventually won. Whereas I think going into this, we thought, oh, it's going to be a bit of back and forth and Bron will hit his move and, and win. Um, yeah. I, like, again, for for some of these people in the crowd, they've been going to NXT. Yes, it was in full sale, but they've been going to full sale or CWC for a long time. In fact, because Santos was in the main event, there was a few people in the crowd with the phantom masks and one guy had the whole getup mm. he had the like the mask and the cape and everything so like yeah people we have been watching this guy for a while and like when he first showed up with that whole storyline with the mask and the cruiserweight thing you kind of went hey this guy could be uh a big deal here in nxt back in the black and gold days but yeah uh it's still still a pretty fun match it kind of it, what was it i think it was a little shorter i think it was like 12 minutes long but still i didn't I didn't hate it. I still liked it. I thought the whole episode uh, was pretty good. More, way more good um, this week. Like it had proper matches. Um, but what would you say was your match of the night? Because I think for me, it's the North American title match. Yeah, I, I, either that or the tag match. It's between those two. Uh, yeah, oh, I might, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the North American most probably. But you know, all the. All the ma- I really enjoyed the opener, actually. The steel cage match was pretty fun. Uh, I thought this was a solid week for, for in-ring, uh, for NXT. And none of, the, none of the kind of backstage stuff offended me too much, really. Th- this is definitely the formula I like. I much prefer having sort of five matches with that go at least sort of around the 10-minute mark, give or take, than eight matches with four of them being three minutes and vignette after vignette after vignette. 
And I think last week they got the balance right as well. The week before was awful. That's when it was just segment after segment after segment. But uh, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed this episode. It kind of moved uh, faster than usual. And the, the in-ring stuff was pretty good. They've got great people in this in this company, you know. It's it's we're at that rebuilding stage, but I think you're starting to see people like Carmelo Hayes become a bit more of a like a almost a veteran in NXT now at this point. And there, there's a lot more people I'm interested in than I than I was at the beginning of this 2.0 move. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like yeah, when they first started, definitely. I myself, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, it's a whole reset. Got to get used to all these new characters of your TV show. They gut out. It's Degrassi, the next generation. And it's like, all right, cool. And some of these characters, I, I, I definitely have gotten behind. Definitely the Creed brother, brothers or something there. Um, and hey, Braun Breaker. I mean, it's it's clearly something's working there as well. But uh, interesting, yeah, he's good. interesting to see where it goes. They did announce. Obviously, next week is Grayson Waller, L.A. Knight, and Dolph Ziggler versus Tomasa Champa. So that's kind of a, a big main event for NXT. Yeah. Ziggler versus Champa one on one. You would figure it's a what a uh, uh, number one contenders match kind of thing because I know st- the stand and deliver thing is what supposed to be at like noon WrestleMania weekend on like maybe the, mm. the Saturday the Sunday one of the days and they're gonna air this thing live from from noon and it's gonna be not don't call it a takeover but I do think you could do Ziggler versus Braun Breaker you could do Braun Breaker Champa one more time. Uh, you could do uh, Pete Dunn versus uh, Carmelo. Could do your yeah. Imperium versus Creed, or if the Usos get involved, or Gunther Solo Sokoa um, in there as well. So there is a few kind of matches that there's definitely interesting combinations yeah, there. Exactly, there's a lot that they can mess around with and, and go towards. So uh, cool. Uh, but yeah, that was NXT. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Love my vengeance. All right, day. shall we go to some? feedback yes go for it okay uh every week we put up feedback on the on forum.postwrestling.com and the facebook group we encourage you to join our facebook group just typing up up next group on facebook but i'm going to go to the forum first starting with a mr andrew thompson who says solo sokoa cut a strong promo i know all eyes are on gunther but i wouldn't sleep on solo being involved in the nxt title picture he's a natural on the mic and the obvious six-man tag is just waiting that shit is gonna be a hit if it happens (laughs) it will be it will be shout out andrew thompson by the way love you mr thompson we go to the facebook group which you should join if you haven't already up next group on Facebook. Corey writes in, A, tonight's episode was more bad than good. Toxic attraction continues to flop. None, none of them are any good. Also, I hated the interference from Mandy, but at least she got ejected. Mellow and Grimes was good wrestling-wise, but again, there was too much interference. Why the hell wasn't Trick ejected? He was caught at least twice trying to interfere. Breaker Santos was also fine, but again, a ton of interference, including Dolph Ziggler. Also, the audience is turning on Braun. I'm like, this is the most main roster show in a while. I'm completely done with almost everyone in the current champs. Imperium haven't done anything with the titles. Melo should have dropped it tonight. And and Toxic is an absolute failure in pretty much every regard. And they are dragging the division down. Overall, pretty bad episode of NXT, as even the good moments couldn't save it. Damn. Mm. Corey did not like Vengeance Day. 
We go to Alexander from Portland who says, Good show overall, but I didn't find anything particularly great. Breaker seemed to be getting a fair share of booze after he won. I wonder if the crowd is souring on just how hard he's being pushed. Carmelo and Grimes was fun. Dunn going for the North American title is a great program. Volta and Solo should be a hard-hitting match, but I need Volta versus either of the Creeds at some point. I'm finally glad to find to have found... I'm finally glad EO found someone she likes. I wonder if Zoe might interfere against EO and Kaylee Ray out of jealousy. Yeah. I don't know who should win the Ladies Dusty Cup, but Raquel and Cora winning would be underwhelming. Raquel doesn't need a second win and losing and using this tournament to put over Cora sounds unnecessary. Lastly, Duke Hudson is an absolute creep. <laughs> the home record. No, he's not home wrecking anymore. He's going after the single single lady. All the single yeah. ladies through Hudson. We go to Megan from the Facebook group. Mellow Grimes was my match of the night. Tony D'Angelo is good for only having a year's experience under his belt. And this series with Dunn bodes well for his trajectory. Creed Bros got the credibility they need by winning the cup. Breaker Escobar was a solid main event with Ziggler running, almost knocking it off the rails. When did Dakota Kai become a schizo? Yeah, it seems, seems that way. Been brewing for a while. And finally, we go to Sean, who says, while a good show overall, Vengeance Day didn't measure up to previous New Year's Evil or even Halloween Havoc. One annoyance is the use of vignettes and backstage segments during these special episodes. They make it feel like a regular episode of NXT as opposed to the special events they are uh, they are, and take time away from matches. Match-wise, the opening cage match had some solid violence, but I was surprised Pete went over. Toxic Attraction had their best match as a tag team, but they still have a way to go. Mello and Grimes put on an absolute banger and the clear match of the night. MSK versus Creed's was also excellent, but I wonder what's next for MSK after another big loss. Future does indeed look bright for the Creed's. The main event was good. I thought the match was slower paced than Bron's match with Champa, but it made sense in the context of the match. Escobar trying to wear Bron down. That said, I could have done without all the interference. Legado is one thing, but Dolphin Champa was too much. Save it for after the match. That said, Champa and Ziggler next week should be a great match. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to that next week. Yeah, I think I think the match itself could be could be pretty good. But yeah, I kind of agree with some of the things people have said. Thanks for all the feedback, guys. We appreciate it. Again, join that Facebook group. Um, but like everything was good, but there nothing kind of tonight really blew me away. But necessarily, I didn't really hate anything. In fact, I love mm. slash hated the the. Briggs and Jensen thing. Briggs and so Jensen. like you know, I yeah. was just guess it was it was it, it was all right. It was all right. It was yeah. pretty it was a pretty good vengeance day. Huh? Right? It was. Yeah, yeah I, I had a good vengeance yeah. day this year. Absolutely. Uh well, I mean, we're we're gonna do this all again tomorrow night with B D Elite chatting all about dynamite, including I mean, we used to talk about a guy on this show for quite a long time, Mr. Keith Lee. And now hmm. the forbidden door is open. He's over there in Dynamite. We'll talk maybe all about him. Maybe he'll have a another match tomorrow night. But Dynamite's looking pretty crazy as well. They may have lost Cody Rhodes, but the TNT title's on the line because Sammy and Darby sounds pretty lit. But uh, we'll be talking all about that tomorrow. Oh, that's happening tomorrow. Yeah, isn't it tomorrow night? Yeah, Darby versus Sammy. Oh, and and damn, and I d- I didn't know that Danielson versus uh, Moriarty. So. Oh wow! Okay, it's awesome. It sounded like a pretty good, pretty good show, and some other stuff. So uh, yeah, we'll talk all about that tomorrow on this very free feed. All the free podcasts here. Give us that nice review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there, and uh, shout out anyone watching on YouTube or Twitch and all that stuff. 
We appreciate you guys. And of course, patreon.com slash up next. Five bucks a month, North American tier. All these podcasts, all at your fingertips and ears at your disposal because we love to do it. Uh, that is it. That is all. Am I missing anything? Good, sir. Uh, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Uh, buy a t-shirt from prowrestlingtees.com slash up next. Listen to Shot in the Dark tomorrow on this free feed. And, you know, have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Pour, <laughs> pour, pour one out for 205 Live. Rest in peace, the purple yeah. ropes. The purple everything. Wow. Uh, yeah. But hey, best match ever, 205 Live coming in March. Best March ever coming soon. But uh, Best March ever. <laughs> that's it. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And vengeance. I am vengeance. Rise and shine, bitches. <laughs> Ahoy! Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.